What is going on, guys? We have a very special podcast interview for you today. Today, we're going to be interviewing Kieran O'Neill from Total Mental Performance, who is a new friend of mine that I recently got connected with over Instagram. And what we're going to talk about is his story building his online business. Now, he is a mindset performance coach for entrepreneurs and fitness coaches. And honestly, I think this is something that every single fitness coach needs is more mindset coaching for themselves. And this is also something that they can pass down to their clients. Because what I will say is the majority of the reasons why people don't see success is all personal limiting beliefs mindset blocks, you know, challenges that happen internally. And even myself, this is something that, you know, I struggle with on a daily basis, even at the level that I'm at. And, you know, I've come to the point in my business where I realize that it doesn't go away. It never goes away. And if you want to become more successful, it means that you have to have an even stronger mindset. It doesn't get easier. It actually gets more difficult. And so the more mindset work you can put in on yourself, the more successful you're going to be able to uh, be overall and endure the hardships on your journey. So I'm super excited to bring this podcast to you guys. We're going to talk about his story, building his business, and also exactly what he does with his clients. So let's get into it. Sweet. All right, Kieran, welcome to the show. Um, I really appreciate you hopping on. I know it's it's super late over there in Dubai, which I definitely want to talk a little bit about Dubai as well. Um, but why don't we, you know, just start off with who you are, what you do, where you're at, what does your life currently look like at this point in time? Yeah, for sure. So I'm Kieran. I'm the founder of Total Mental Performance. Total Mental Performance is the world's fastest growing one-to-one mindset and mental performance coaching service dedicated to coaches and entrepreneurs. And what we do is really simple. We help the way that you think, feel, and perform so you can get a, get better business outcomes. We don't do business coaching. We don't touch that. You've got experts in the game like Zach to, to manage all of that. We help you make better decisions. We help you understand challenging emotions, stress, anxiety, overwhelm, imposter syndrome, comparison, getting stuck in the burnout loops that happens within entrepreneurship. And the way that you do that is through just one-to-one coaching, speaking with uh, a member of my team or even me. I've still got a handful of high net worth clients. Um, and ultimately just understanding how can I make better decisions? How can I minimize the emotional chaos? And how can I hit flow state and get more shit done? And that's essentially what we do. I love it, man. I love it. There's so much I want to dive in there about your business, about your story. Um, but what does your business look like today? You know, what are you guys doing? You know, uh, like how big is it? Is it new? Is it, you know, seasoned? What, what does it look like? Yeah, so uh, two and a half years old. So the metaphor that I use is it's like a toddler. It's standing up on its own. Mm-hmm. If I leave it for a while, it takes a few steps and it's there. If I leave, if I walk away from it too quickly, it's going to fall over. If I leave yeah. it for too long, it's going to fall over. So uh, that that's the business. Uh, we've got a team of six. Um, so four coaches and then two support staff. Uh, we've then also got around us, we've got a, a graphics design uh, agency. We've also got a marketing and automations agency that, that puts everything in on that. So that's the structure of the business. In our first two and a half years, we've worked with over 250 coaches uh, and, and we work all around the world. So uh, we've got clients uh, here in Dubai, across Europe, across US. Uh, and it's all online as well. So that's the that's the makeup of uh, of the business. In terms of the team and the coaches, they've all got business backgrounds, but they're retrained as therapists, cognitive hypnotherapists, and NLP practitioners. Kate, she's got a PhD in organizational psychology. Dan, he's got 10 years um, 
sales and recruitment uh, experience in London. And then we've got Charlotte, a qualified neuroscientist, 10 years marketing for Jack Daniels, Absolute, um, all the big spirits brands, and uh, as obviously retrained in, in what she does. Uh, so we've, we've got a team of experts that are corporate and entrepreneur and, and business performance focused backgrounds. Uh, but on top of that, they understand the therapy and the psychology. And uh, when you really put that two together, that is our secret sauce. And then obviously the lessons I've distilled through a life of entrepreneurship, sales, high performance boxing and, and whatever. That's really what we built here at TMP. I love it, man. I love it. And I think that this is something the industry absolutely needs. Um, you know, you've definitely recognized uh, something that people need when it comes to business coaching, but you've just dove super deep into it. And now you, you, you solve a major problem for a lot of entrepreneurs. I know for myself, I have like, that's the bi biggest bottleneck that I see most people starting off is, is mindset. It's not lead generation. It's not sales. It's not, you know, tips, tricks, tactics, social media algorithms. It's just uncovering the gunk that's holding people back and getting them to show up and do the work. Um, and so, you know, that's still something I, I, you know, am on a journey with myself, but I'm curious before we go into your methods and the business, what is your story? How did you uh, come into starting Total Mental Performance? Where did you get the inspiration behind, you know, this business and, and you know, walk, walk me through that process? Yeah, so there's a number of different things. I've always been a high performance guy. Um, I've, I've been fascinated by performance. Uh, I've always been into entrepreneurship. My first business when I was 12, um, painting fences. Uh, I noticed everybody hated the painting their fences. And uh, I just got hold of a load of paint and just went door to door and said, hey, can I paint your fence? It will cost you this much. I had a load of friends that wanted to do it. They didn't want to do the scary bit of asking. Um, so I, that's what I did. Uh, and then and then, and then just, just business and psychology. I've been fascinated by psychology. Um, so I guess how did it, how does Kieran land here today? Like how, how did that happen? Um, I was always selling stuff as a kid. I always had various different businesses. I was the kid at school that had a bag of sweets, uh, like a suitcase full of sweets and we selling sweets and, and, and Coca-Colas and, and, uh, one point cigarettes, uh, mm -hmm. out of my bag. Um, so that was always there. I actually left school when I was 16 and this is at a time where there's less, less and less people are going to university these days. Back then, everyone was going to university. That was the thing. That's what everyone When did. was this? This would have been 12, 13 years ago. So in the UK, everyone was mm -hmm. going to uni then. Everyone was going to uni. So for me, I never wanted to go. I, I, I have ADHD. I'm blessed with it and cursed with it at the same time. And uh, I, I, I was bright to understand it. But if you sat me down in front of a paper, I couldn't concentrate to write the answers. So my grades were really low, even though I understood it. Mm -hmm. So for me, I left school and um, I went to, there's a, he's actually been on Shark Tank. It's a guy called Peter Jones, um, but he's on the Shark Tank of the UK, which is called Dragon's Den. And he sent up a school where entrepreneurs can go, young entrepreneurs can go and learn without having to do coursework. You come up with an idea, you run, test the hypothesis, you pitch for investment, and then you go and run the company. And uh, I went there as a 16-year-old. I was the youngest on the course uh, and was understanding the entrepreneurial mind, understanding how does how do businesses work, how do the leadership work, how does creativity work. And uh, I, I got full marks. Uh, I, I got I, I took an idea. We raised money for it. We run it for 12 months. And then and that was it. So I graduated there at 17. The business um, failed in the end because I didn't know how to sell B2B like corporate. 
Mm-hmm. I went into corporate sales. I offered to work for free and um, didn't sell anything for 10 months. We were selling these $25,000 um, virtual reality simulators to the education industry. I uh, didn't sell anything. was about to get fired. And then all of the buying cycles of those, of those uh, products mm-hmm. were in August and we're in April. And it just turned out I'd signed up at the wrong time of the year. So then all of a sudden, I went from selling nothing to selling over half a million dollars worth of software as a 17 year old kid. Wow. Uh, so all of a sudden, and you know, I, I'm a self made guy, I'm young, mm-hmm. I've got this cash in the bank. Uh, I did all the things that, you know, a kid with that, that much money at that age shouldn't be doing. Like buying like stupid shit, like watches and clothes and whatever. You got to get that out of your system. Yeah. And then um, I did that this year. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice yeah you gotta do it you yeah gotta do it because then you learn yeah it's not as fun as i thought so then after so, the fact so yeah so what happened after that was um at that point you know i, I get to the age of 18 19 and i've got an olympic dream and i want to go to the olympics uh at that point i was just breaking onto the england team and i was like you know what i've made enough money to go and give this a go so for two years i went and gave it a go and I was working with a top sports psychologist and therapist, Hazel Gale. She changed, she's the one that opened the door to what this what this is. Mm-hmm. I managed to get onto the England team, um, but I ended up breaking down. Uh, I'm 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 only five eight, but I was fifty six kilos at that height, so I was really skinny, really 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 light. Mm-hmm. And uh, I ended up burning out and eating disorder. Tried to take my own life. A startup I'd built at the time, alongside that, was an app for boxers to lose weight for their fights the total addressable market wasn't big enough and the problem we were solving there wasn't enough cash in it so all of a sudden like my girlfriend's left me I've lost my place in the England team I've got an eating disorder I've tried to take my own life the business is all falling down my girlfriend at the time left me it was all falling apart I didn't want to be here anymore and I got there with my ambition it's my ambition that destroyed uh, me wanting to do so well that was built on the fear of not being good enough and trying to validate myself through punching people and making so much money um it will come crashing down so hazel changed the game for me and she was a former kickboxing world champion former boxing champ world champion and all the levels between that worked with some top ceos she 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 saved me and um i went back into sales for four years and uh i did pretty well and uh, i had my what i call my party boy years so you know I i was earning enough cash to go travel to various different cities. And you can do that in Europe. You can just literally get on a flight in two hours, you're in a different city and, and go and do that. It was it was great fun, made great money. Towards the end of it, um, wasn't enjoying it. And I was actually enjoying coaching the team than I was actually closing the deals. So I, I was already re-studying as a therapist, cognitive hypnotherapist and NLP practitioner. I was already studying that on the side for years anyway. I just started coaching people for free. Um, and then I... I decided uh, COVID hit. I decided, you know what? I've got enough money to not have to work for a while. Um, I'm just not going to do that. And I took a year out and everyone was like, you're crazy. I was like, yeah, they said that when I was boxing. They said that when I took a job at 17, I didn't go to university. I, when, when I hear you're crazy, good things happen. So I'm going to follow that. Um, and then I, I just started coaching some high net worth individuals. Uh, I got invited to speak in Dubai for another fitness business mentor, Adam Haley um british guy he invited me to come and speak to all of his top clients um ended up signing up of the 26 people in the room i think 15 of them signed up for one-to-one and i was fully booked with wow. the clients i already had and then they all started referring people so then i hired kate and then they all started referring people so then i hired dan and then all they <laughs> charlotte and brendan they all started growing and snowballing from 
from there. So that's really the story and the journey as to how the business has landed into it, it is now. Uh, we're on route to double our revenue. We're going to try and do that again next year. Uh, and, and that's it. Dude, that's, that's an incredible story, man. It sounds like you've been a top performer literally since like, since you can walk on your own two feet. I mean, walking door to door and asking people to, to paint their fences is already a telltale sign of uh, entrepreneurship. I had I had a similar upbringing. I wasn't painting fences, but we grew up in California in this kind of kind of a little bit more of a countryside of California where people would have fields. We didn't have yards. We had fields. And so every summer, the weeds would grow up, grow six feet tall. Mm. And so I had this giant push lawnmower uh, that I would do the whole block and I'd make, nice. you know, a thousand bucks uh, in the summer. That would last me like the entire year. Um, yeah, and then I got really. into selling, selling stuff at school. I, I made custom hats, sold it to teammates. And um, I would say the first time I had the entrepreneur bug is when I was in seventh grade, I was 12 years old and I wanted a PSP go so bad that I went through all my old stuff. I even went through my brother's room, took all his stuff, never told him, sold it at school and made enough money to, to buy a PSP go. And so that was like my first taste of entrepreneurship. But um, something I wanted to dive into with your story is you decided that you didn't want to go to university. And this was 2010, you said. Um, and back then, I remember my parents really pushed me to go to school. That's like, I you have to go to school. You have to get a job. And I didn't want to. I decided to stay back from school. I did community college so I can focus on building a fitness business. Um, but what were this, what were your parents saying, you know, if you finished school at 16 and went to like an alternative education school, what was your environment like at that time? What, did you get any pushback? Were they supportive? What was that like? Yeah. Everyone around me, I didn't come from a world of entrepreneurs. I, I, I often, we often joke with the family that I'm just an alien or they picked up the wrong kid. Like I'm very, very different to my family. Um, so I got a lot of pushback. Uh, a lot of people, uh, used to laugh at my ideas. I always had business ideas. A lot of people at school used to laugh, um, but they did vote me most likely to be a millionaire. Uh, I did win that at the at the prom, and uh, that, that was that was funny. But love that. I got a lot of pushback. I got a lot of pushback when um when I stopped. Uh, I'm just gonna change the video. Uh, I got a lot of pushback when I you know I left my sales career mm -hmm. to go and box. Got a lot of pushback when I left boxing. Like you're always gonna get that because people build up an idea of who you are and which character you are in their reality. And then when that changes, they become unsettled. Sometimes mm -hmm. that can hold up a mirror to the things that they're not doing. Sometimes that can hold up a mirror to how little they're changing and then they feel threatened. So humans don't like change. So pushback is a way of keeping you how you were because that makes them feel safer. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a phrase I love, which is uh, those that, those that mind don't matter those that matter don't mind. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting because when I was coming up, my, most of the pushback that I ever got was from my parents and my entire story of me becoming successful and the triumphs that I came is direct relationship with my parents' expectation and my relationship with my parents. Um, but it's interesting because all the people I surrounded myself with, even to this day, if I tell them a crazy idea, they're all super supportive. Right. Mm. I've never truly experienced what it was like to have people pull me down or, you know, say anything negative because I've been very careful with selecting who I have in my life and, and also being very selective with who I listen to as well. 
So in that period of time, when you, you, when you were getting that pushback, who were you listening to? Where was it an inner compass? Was it an intuition? Did you have people that were giving you that support that you were listening to? What, where was that coming from? Yeah. Um, I was very lucky. I'm actually just about to post a podcast within this week. Um, shout out to a guy called Steve Calvert. He's a mechanic. He owns a, a garage. He was the only guy I knew that owned a company. And, uh, he said when I was 13, cause he, I met him through my boxing coach who was his brother. And he, he said on that podcast, yeah, I remember when you was 13, you showed me a list of business ideas and he just encouraged me because I take a risk. It might not go right. Go and fuck things up. That's okay. Go and go and try this. Uh, there was a moment where even went before Dubai, I was like, eh, I'm 50, 50. I'm going to go and do the talk. And he said, you'd be fucking stupid to not go and do that. And he was right. And now I live yeah. here. Um, so I was very lucky to have him in my corner. And then on route, I've also met, um, another mentor, Ron, he was a venture capitalist Well, he is a venture capitalist. He used to be a, um, a boxer himself. And, uh, he's a working class guy that's had to work his way up the ladder. And he, he guided me as well through, uh, it was actually with the, the business that failed the app, the, the nutrition app for boxers. Mm-hmm. That's when he was going to pitch. I pitched him for 50 grand. I left that meeting without a business, <laughs> Uh, so I've been lucky to have mentors and I always have mentors always because they will save you so much time, so much energy. They will save you a lot of mistakes. They'll save you a lot of money. And if they really care about you, they will, they will challenge you and they will change the game for you. So for me, I had, I had one or two great mentors that I picked up along the way who introduced me to other mentors. And I just kept, I kept cultivating that. Um, yeah. But then my inner compass, I'm a meaning and purpose guy. If I don't find something meaningful, I won't do it. I could make a hell of a lot of money just working in banking, selling, doing mindset services just to bankers, but that doesn't excite me. Whereas with coaches, coaches are helping other people. We have similar values. So, so for me, it's a hell of a lot more meaningful to help a coach change the game or help a business mentor change the game because they're unlocking so much more value for others. So it's just this positive cycle of well, what they learn, they pass on to their clients and their clients pass that on to their families. Whereas when you're kind of just working with just, you know, some finance guy in London on Canary Wharf, it's like, the net effect isn't that great, if that makes sense. So yeah, yeah I'd say that's um, that's where that went. Yeah, I, and I think that's really important because I tell this to my clients all the time. And this is, I tell people, the reason why you hire me is so you can listen to me because you can have 10 people telling you one thing and they're all agreeing with you. And, you know, there is a bias of conformity to where if you walk into a room and everyone's doing something that's out of, out of normal, you're going to start doing that thing too, even though you know, it's not right. Right. So if you have 10 people telling you, Hey, that's not the right decision, but you have one person telling you to go for it. You only need to listen to that one person. You only need one person in your life to, you know, guide you, support you. And you just have to choose to listen, which, uh, it sounds like that was the exact case for you. For myself, it, it was podcasts, you know? I didn't have any direct entrepreneurs around me. I didn't have direct mentors. This is back in 2012, 2013. So it's still very early on. And so uh, I listened to podcasts. I listened to YouTube videos and those were my mentors, right? And at the time I didn't have money to hire people online. Like mm-hmm. online coaching wasn't really a thing. Um, and so it's like, if you're listening to this, this could be your guiding light to you know follow your path or follow your dreams. Um, but I want to talk about your low moment. It sounds like you had your low moment when you were around 19, 20, 21. You said that's when, when things kind of came crashing down. I would would say about 21, 22, uh, Mm -hmm. they all, they all come crashing down. Just one point to add on what you just said. 
And there's a great phrase, which I love, which is when the student is ready, the teacher appears. So you might be listening to this. Maybe you've been following Zach for a while and going, oh, I know I need to pull the trigger. I know he's in, well, he's there. Use him. He's there. Maybe you're one of Zach's clients or maybe you're, you're, you've got that all covered and you've been, you've been thinking for a while, I probably need to do some inner work on, on my mindset, my emotions, whatever. And you just listen to this podcast and you've come across, boom. Yep. And you might be surprised when the student is ready, the teacher appears. But in terms of that dark period, man, like that, uh, that was really nasty. It was really nasty because everything was built on the fear of not being good enough. I have a I have a question to add too. So one of one of my mentors always told me that like when you when you're at the top or when you're making progress, it's usually not one bad decision that knocks you down. It's it's a series of bad decisions yeah. over and over. He says, I, I'll never forget because I talked to him about financial security. And he said, when you when you've made money, when you have a good life, it's usually not. It's very rare that you lose it all unless you have a series of bad decisions over and over again that right. knock you down to the bottom. So I'm curious, what were the events that led you to that point? Yeah. Um, well, we've got to go back to when I was six. So when I was six, um, I was struggling to concentrate at school. And even though I grew up in a, what you guys would call a blue collar family, um, mm -hmm. I was actually brought in, in a nice area. So I was in a nice school with, with kids that had a lot more than me. So we had this, I was also impulsive and couldn't concentrate with the ADHD. So, um, I didn't feel good enough. All my teachers would say to me for years, you're, you're, you're without sounding grandiose you say you're so smart just sit down and do the exam but in the middle of the exam i'd stand up and i'm like don't do this i could struggling to hold the pen i was like flicking the pen around and throwing it all about and um it was it was it was starting in school that was the decision was well, i'm not good enough and then that goes one of two ways fuck you i'm gonna prove you wrong when that's the decision that i made or yeah you're right and you play it safe so the decision i made was uh, i don't feel good enough i don't feel worthy uh, so i'm gonna prove you were wrong and then I just spent my whole life trying to prove everyone wrong. Fast forward to when I was about 12 or 13, my dad was our football, or you guys call it soccer manager. We were bottom of the bottom league and my dad was the manager and he benched me every single game. Now, as an adult, we can laugh and go, yeah, you just shit at football. And guess what? I am. I'm terrible. I love it. I watch it every day. I'm, I'm obsessed with it. The team is Arsenal Football Club. Obsessed. But as a football player, I sucked. But as a kid when you go well not even my dad thinks i'm good enough there's more evidence well fuck you dad i'm gonna prove you wrong you can't get substituted in boxing that's my gig all lies on me i look at look how great i can show everyone that i am and if we think about men in particular you know what what other i'm gonna air quotes the dominance markers can you beat someone up have you got a great physique and have you got lots of money and and that that's what i was had at that point when i'm 18 19 20 you know i've got a six-pack uh, I, I'm beating people up and I'm getting handsomely well paid in my sales role. I thought I was the shit, but it was all built on insecurity, mm. comparison. And all of that came to a head when, you know, I, at this point I'm, I'm still growing and, you know, as a man, your physique doesn't really fill out mm -hmm. for a while. Some people it's a little bit earlier. Usually it's your mid to late, late twenties where you really fill out and you really start to grow into that. And I was still doing that, but I wasn't willing to accept that I could move up in weight class because I didn't believe in myself. I didn't believe I could keep my place in the England team at the, the weight class above me, which is four kilos heavier. So then I was starving myself and then I ended up with a binge eating disorder. And then all of a sudden I, I'm not working anymore. So I've got all of the spare time to think in between training sessions. And then I'm really anxious because I'm not eating enough and all of these thoughts and feelings. And it just, it just snowballed and snowballed and snowballed to the point where I was driving down the motorway wanting to crash the car and, and end, end my life mm -hmm. because I just couldn't see a way out. And that's where I worked with Hazel. 
she just completely changed the game with me. And this is where the difference between therapy and mental performance comes in. Therapy is zero to one. It's, yeah, you've not got long if you continue down this path, you're going to be dead. Get back to slipping and stable. Mm-hmm. What we do is we go, okay, you're either slipping or you're stable, but we know there's a complete different league and love level. We can take from one to a hundred. And that's really the, the decision I made back when I was six, which is fuck you. I'm going to prove you were wrong. And that's why if you look at all of our clients, they're ambitious. They want it. They're hungry, but that's their downfall. It's that ambition and that hunger and that drive that leads to overworking, that leads to burnout, that leads to emotional decisions that set you backwards. It leads to impulsivity whatever however that plays out so for me that's where all of this was born was my ability to manage that ambition and now instead of doing this to prove others wrong or to try and prove myself my job is to create psychological freedom without within ambitious minds around the world and that's out of abundance and love and light that's much more fun and a lot more successful to me than building something of fuck you got to prove you were wrong so that was the decision i made and that was the the series of decisions that led to the explosion moment but if i didn't have those those experiences i wouldn't be able to coach the caliber of individual that i coach today and i love every single second of that journey as painful as it was which is also why we've been able to distill a process that changes the game i love that man i have a very similar very similar uh upbringing with my school I've always been put in intermediate classes. Mom had me left you know, parent-teacher conferences, medicated on ADHD. And they're like, you need to you know, take your medicine, take your medicine. I'm like, fuck you. I don't need to fucking take this medicine. It makes me feel like a zombie. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I've always had it like, a, uh, I've always been anti-authority in that sense. And that's why, you know, entrepreneurship was kind of pushed. Uh, I was pushed into entrepreneurship because I'm like, okay, I don't want to go to school and listen to you. I also don't want to get a boss, to listen to you. I'm going to go do my own thing. Um, but dude, it, it comes with a ton of baggage. Like it comes with a ton of stress. It comes with a ton of emotional, you know, ups and downs, which is why I love what you're doing. You know, there was a period of time in 2019 where I actually uh, went and saw a therapist because I wasn't in a good place. Right. And I wasn't in a super dark place, but I was like, you know, if, if I, if therapy can take you from bad to good, then I'm sure it could also take you from good to great. And that's, that's where I was, I was looking to go. And that's exactly what you do as well. Um, so let's talk about getting this business started. You know, where did you get your first five clients? Did you make like an announcement post? Is this something that you kind of did in the dark? Were you charging for your services? What were yeah, the very beginning stages mechanics. of your business? This is fun. I've not been asked this before. This is great fun. So um, for me, before I even qualified, I'd done 100 hours practice. And whenever young mindset coaches or therapists or whatever come up to me and say, if you can give me any bit of advice, I'm doing my studies right now. I was working with five, I was doing five sessions a week for free, practicing with anyone that would listen, anyone that would listen. That is the golden ticket, bro. I tell people all the time, you gotta, yeah. you gotta work for free, man. You got to work for free. When you say hours, you mean like in a professional setting or is this like you're just putting in the time? I was just putting in the time, man. I was yeah. putting in the time. So the pitch was really simple. Hey, man, uh, I'm I'm studying uh, psychology and performance and uh, I'm looking to test out some stuff. I won't charge you for it. Here's the upside. You might learn something. You might get better, stronger, faster. You might understand your emotions better. Downside, some of it might not work. So I'm still learning. Um Here's my background, authority, six years, software sales, international boxer, I think I've got to help you. What do you think? 
And they would go, yeah, it's not going to cost me anything. I'm in. And then we pre-book all of the sessions. So not just, do you want to do another session? All right, well, let's book in 10 sessions over the next uh, 10 to 12 months, 10 to, sorry, 10 to 12 weeks. And then let's, let's see where we go. And um, by the time I'd graduated and I'd done, done my, um, the supervisor on the course said, you know, you've done more practice hours than most therapists do in their first year. I said, what do you mean? It's like most, most, most therapists and performance coaches are probably doing one to two sessions a week uh, for their first six months. Then it kind of grows from there. Uh, you've already done a hundred hours. And I said, yeah. And from there, my clients were seeing so much value. They started paying me. Wow. They were like, this is so helpful. God, I feel, I feel like I'm stealing from you. Take my money. And I was like, sure. But the story of my first paying client was an interesting one because that wasn't a client. It wasn't somebody I was working with for free. I'd, work, I'd probably done about 75, 80 hours for free at that point. Um, I was in a, uh, a pub in Valencia, Spain. And uh, this, other, this guy comes up to us. We're watching the boxing, me and my friend. This guy comes up to us and he's a, he's a London geezer too. And he's like, he's like, hello, mate. How are you? And I was like, yeah, good. How are you? He's like, can I buy you guys some beer? And I was like, yeah, sure. So we're having a beer. And I told him what I was doing. And he said, I said, oh, no, I'm still doing my practicing. I'll do it for free. And he goes, no, 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 I'm going to pay you. What do you want to get paid? And I went, oh, no, no, it's, it's totally cool. It's, it's fine. And he goes, no, I'm paying you. How much do you want? And I said, I had no idea. I plucked a random, <laughs> random number. I said, 75 euros for the hour. And he goes, I'll give you 50. I went, deal. Cool. <laughs> and that was it. And then, and then from there, that's, that's where it really grew. And then by the time I'd gotten into the, I started, other coaches started asking me for help. They were like, well, I need to work on my own game, but I want to give that to my clients as well. And if I understand myself more, I can understand my clients more. I was like, mm -hmm. cool. And that's what I got the invite to go and speak. Um, public speaking for us has been a game changer. Um, that that for us just allowed me to amplify our message. Uh, I then started working. So then I split out my brands. I got Kieran O'Neill. So that those are my high net worth guys. One guy has scaled his company from 180 to 1800 people in 12 months. Um, another guy, another one was a billionaire. Another one was a professional athlete. That's that's Kieran O'Neill stuff to keep him engaged in, in, in different challenges. Mm -hmm. uh, and then TMP was really obvious. It was like, well, all the coaching industry is asking me for help. Then it makes sense to build a program and build a process or, around that. Uh, and then I started coaching a lot of the business mentors. So I've coached 12 business mentors across Europe and Dubai. Um, and they their, their business mentorship started blowing up. So then a rising tide lifts all ships. So then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, hang on, you're working with my business mentor and he's, I've seen the changes in him over the last two or three months. Well, I want something similar. I'm going to go work with his team. So then all of a sudden we've grown it that way. So we, we've actually navigated the market completely different to anyone else because we're just doing this. Now I launched the podcast. Yeah. A lot of people sign up with me after the podcast because they're like, oh, that sounds interesting. I want to learn more. Um, getting eyeballs just just meeting people so for me i've used the offline hustle because if you look at our, our our page you look at our page and you think that's a tiny company well we're doing hundreds of hours of sessions we've got over 100 clients high paying clients as well mm -hmm. for, for what we do um so we've done it that way and then i've only had the instagram account for a couple of years then it was like right okay we actually need to start marketing now so instantly by that point i built up a lot of capital in, in there without having to write the post and do the content. And this is counterintuitive. So this might not work for all of your audience, but this is just how I did it. Mm -hmm. um, and then we started marketing and then we started learning, okay, we're going to start writing copy. We're going to start shooting some reels. We started doing content. I love the podcast format. Podcast format has opened so many doors. 
Um, so we started doing that. The backstage, it's like a backstage pasture industry, mm-hmm. game changer. But 70% of our business still comes through referrals, man. Like it comes from I, love it. I tried the product, give it to someone else, and that was it. Yeah. No, you got you got a great product, man, where you're you don't have competition. Everyone who would be your competitors is potential clients. Right. So you're stepping into a, a you're literally servicing an entire industry of of people who are all potential clients. And like with mindset coaching, there there really is no competition because like, dude, it's a never it's a never ending journey of personal development. Um yeah. but dude, I love that so much. You worked for free and yeah. you didn't pay you didn't charge any clients until someone was willing to pay you. And I I, fi- I think that's so important to hammer in because a lot of the coaches that I come in, I they they almost find it insulting that they have to work for free. Right. Where that's, you know, my first client that I ever signed online fitness coaching was $50 a month. Um, and it was like, he was like, dude, I'm robbing you. I'm like, no, I trust me. I want, I want to work with you. I want the experience. And, uh, I didn't start charging high ticket until I hired a business mentor and he liked what I had going on. He, he, you know, felt confident in me as a coach. So he hired me as a coach. And when I told him my rates, he, he paid me double. And at that point it was like, all right, now, now it's time to actually enter the game. Um, so I love that, man. That's that's a really great story. Let's switch gears here and actually talk about your business, talk about your offer, talk about what you do for people. So, you know, what do you find? I, I mean, me personally, I still struggle with some stuff. So maybe we can dive into that. Like, you know, when yeah. it comes with comparison, when it comes with limiting beliefs, when it comes with self-doubt, like what do you find are the most common roadblocks, mindset challenges that people come to you with? And, you know, how do you help them overcome that? Do you want to play a game? Do you want to, do you want to do a bit of an experience? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's look at your performance right now. On if we're looking at productivity, flow state, uh, and emotional stability, mm-hmm. on a scale of one to ten, ten being bro, I'm perfect. One out of ten is I can't even get out of bed in the morning. Five out of ten is 50-50. One day good, one day bad. Seven out of ten is four or five days a week I'm good. Two days, three days I'm I'm, I'm dropping out. Where would you say you are on that on that scale? Okay, I'll be I'll be honest with you. I am very disciplined in doing what I have to do every single day, but oftentimes I will have a hard time doing it. Like the, the driver in the backseat's like, ah, but like the vehicle is still executing. So on a, on a scale of one to 10 of like, how well do you execute and get the job done? I'd say I'm a 10 emotional stability. I would say I'm probably around like a six to seven could be good not terrible. Some days are, are tough. Some days are, you know, better than others. Uh, but I, I always execute. Great. Excellent. So the good news is, uh, so if I'm looking at this as a, and you use a great analogy, the car and the driver, right? I love F1. Um, I know you guys love NASCAR over there. Um, but we look at the car and the driver, the drive, the car is, is shit moving. It's the physiological body and mm-hmm. you're the driver. Cause you can have a great car. You can have a great business. You can have a great physique and energy, but if the driver's not there, you're not going to get around the track fast enough, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'm hearing is great. We've got great structure. We've got a productive human being. Cool. We've got a great car. The driver, we don't have a confident driver. It's not to say that you're not confident. There's levels of confidence. There's levels of backing and, and self-belief. Um, and there's also levels of surrender. The ability to still feel comparison, still feel anxious, and still feel that, and still do the things anyway. There, there's there's levels to, mm-hmm. to it. So when I'm hearing, okay, there's a six or a seven in there, well, for you, what would need to change in order for that to become a 10? 
what emotions would need to change? What, what energy would need to change? I'll tell you. So what I'm currently working on, this is just stuff that I've learned from, you know, my own personal development, hiring therapists and stuff like that. I'll tell you what typically triggers me is it's usually either like a lost deal that'll get me very upset or, you know, maybe a client will say something uh, that will trigger me and it can, you know, last maybe 10, 15 minutes, maybe 20, 30 minutes. I am very good at getting myself out of that state when something, you know, will trigger you and kind of, you know, gets you irritated. I'll go for a walk. I'll meditate. I'll journal. I'll, I'll really get myself self-soothing and I'll try my best to let it go, but it still bothers it. When it comes up, it'll still bother me. Um, so I'm doing really good job at like recognizing it, letting it go, moving good. on. But I still haven't gotten to the point to where it doesn't phase me. You know, mm. like if, if we lose a deal, like I still get upset about that. I want to be able to get to a point to where, you know, hey, we lost a deal, you know, another one will come or like, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Full, yeah. I think full surrender is what, what you're talking about. Yeah, the art of surrender. You believe it's going? There's 7 billion, I think it's 8 billion now. There's 8 billion people on the planet that need my help. There's loads out there. There's enough to go around for everyone. Um, so there's two things I'd love to explore here. And this is really the basis of this type of coaching. It's it's not about, you know, Zach's in a dark place and he needs some pulling out the floor. Don't get me wrong. We can we can work with those clients, but that's not what this is. It's about how much can we help Zach perform? Because Zach, you're a high performer. Mm-hmm. Everything you're telling me so far, everything's good. But there are levels and there are there is emotional baggage where we can just take off a couple of backpacks so you become lighter to get more done and make decisions quicker. But as I'm hearing that, um, there's two parts. Uh, one part is potentially a little bit of scarcity. Mm-hmm. Okay. We didn't get the deal. Fuck. Why don't we get the deal? Oh, what does that mean for the business? What does it mean for the targets? What does it mean for that? So there's, there's always scarcity when it comes to those commercial decision making. Oh, fuck. Did they sign up with someone else? Who did they sign up with? Why did they sign up with that person? Well, what do they have that I don't? All of, all of that is that side. And, uh, and then the second half of that um, is potential rejection, the ability to deal with rejection and the ability to deal with a no and the ability to, well, what does that mean about me? So those are the two things as I'm listening, like let, let's, let's be really clear. Things are, things are really good to get to great. It's letting go of that because that's energy that you could be spending elsewhere. That's energy you could be spending creating. That's energy you could be spending leading your team, leading your clients. So for me, those are the two bits there. It's the scarcity and the rejection piece. And I go, right. Okay. I would want to, and we won't unpack it all on this call. I want to dive into that because that won't just be on sales course. That will slowly creep over to other areas of life. And again, this is about how can we release emotional bandwidth? How, how can we create more space, more energy that you can take that scarcity and whatever's going on in that part of you? How can we reprocess that? So that's operating out of abundance. And that, that might sound a little bit wishy-washy, but that means going back to that feeling. Okay, well, that feeling that comes up, when did it start? When was the earliest period? Was it in your childhood? Was it in your teens? Okay. And what was the lesson that was learned in that moment? And how can we start to let to reprocess that and let that go? So here, that's the opportunity I see with you, Zach, is, well, if we conquered that, we would just free. I mean, you tell me. If we, if we didn't, let's not say eliminate, let's say we cut that in half mm-hmm. or even by 75%, how much better would things be from a performance perspective on the commercial side? Yeah. Well, what I'll say first and foremost is that you hit the nail on the head, dude. Like operating out of a place of lack and anxiety has always been the driver for me moving forward. It's never been about chasing dreams. It's been about running away from demons for me since since the very beginning. Um, and I and I think it was instilled with all the talk and in downplay that my parents had about 
you know, you have to go to college, you have to do this. Oh, what about taxes? Oh, well, what about this? What about that? So all those fears are are always, you know, you know, deep down inside of me. And so you you hit the nail on the head, absolutely. What I would say is if we were to eliminate that or cut that in half, what it would do is just make my life more enjoyable, yeah. right? I would say right now, dude, if you were to say, if you were to put me in a room and you say, Zach, journal your perfect day. If you didn't have to work and you had all the money in the world and you had all the time in the world, what would you do? I would honestly do exactly what I do every single day. I'd wake up and I'd work out. I'd come home and I'd eat and I'd, you know, I'd spend time with my fiance. I would read. I'd watch maybe a couple TV shows that I like. I would, you know, coach people. And then I would go for an evening walk with my fiance. I already do that every single day. I'm literally living my dream life. So the only thing is like those challenges that I'm going with, it takes away from my moment. It takes away from my day to day, right? I don't feel like I need more. I feel like I, I need to be able to stay present. And th those insecurities and lack and rejection just takes away from my from my moment. Perfect. So that's exactly what we're talking about when it comes to abundance is you you have the abundance here, but old patterns, old versions of you are holding on to patterns that aren't helpful. They're holding on to how you used to be, but your environment is so different. Your setup is so different. Everything's there. And it is about burning off the deadwood, burning off the old beliefs, burning off all the old stuff of, well, that's not going to go wrong, or this is going to crash down, or competition, or all of these various different things. And it's letting that, that go. Because you're at what, what I call a now what moment. And a lot of my clients arrive at now what moments. They've achieved everything they're looking for, but they've done it out of running away and fear and scarcity and grow, 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 grow. And they're kind of like, well, why am I still feeling like this, even though I know I'm safe? I know I've got enough. I know mm. I am enough. But why, why do I still feel like that? And this is where we come into fulfillment and fulfillment, connection and the ability to just let things pass and be a lot more calm and collected and enjoy it. That's really what it's about. Steve Jobs said at the end of his book, he was speaking to his HR manager. This is the one thing I took out of um, an autobiography about him. The On his deathbed, the HR manager said, what was the best moment? And he goes, what do you mean? It's like, was it the iPhone? Was it the iPod? Was it the Mac? What was it? And he said, no, you got it all wrong. The journey itself was the reward. It wasn't the outcomes. It wasn't the stuff. It wasn't the, I arrived here or here or here. I, it was the it was the bit between the goalposts. That was the most, that was the, that was the reward itself. And, and that hit me so deeply. Like, just like you, I fucking love this. Mm -hmm. I love this. We are just launching a new members area that has got custom recordings for or, or data metrics for resilient flow and authenticity and emotional volatility. No one's done it how we're doing it. Or last year, we projected in, in an underground bunker in London, we projected visuals onto the wall where when you was angry, flames came on and we got people being angry and practicing how to handle anger when anxiousness came on or, or overwhelm came on. We put static everywhere. I love this stuff. Mm -hmm. I love it. But I'm not going to do it out of a place of scarcity and lack because otherwise I'm never going to I'm never going to play to win. Because what happens is after a period of time, you start you stop playing to win, you start playing to not lose. Mm -hmm. So we need to destroy scarcity and really understand that that's for where we're at in a world of abundance. So we've got food in the fridge, we've got places to live, we've got cash in the bank, we've got clients, we've got all of those things. It's learning to actually be at peace with those things. It's learning to be at peace with yourself. It's learning to be at peace with. I've got enough. This guy can take it or leave it. Who cares? Yeah, you go with them if you want. But that's fine. That's not us. You're yeah. not, you're not, 
tune into our vibration. You're just not the right fit for me as much as I'm not the right fit for you. Cool. So for me, that's where all of letting go of that scarcity, that that's the stuff that we unlock. And that's just a new level of thinking, feeling, performing, and ultimately living. And, and that's an abundance game for you personally, even though scarcity is the puzzle mm. for you, you're, you're still solving abundance puzzles versus I don't want to be here anymore. Everything's come crashing down. I, I, I'm, I'm addicted to, to drugs or sex or this or this. It's, that's a different, a different ballgame. And, yeah. and that's really where we step in to go, how much better can Zach be? I love it. I love it. Dude, this, is, this has been a really amazing talk. I'm excited to uh, hop on your podcast as well. A um, couple more questions. Tell people a little bit about your offer. How long is it? You know, like what, what do people get? Like what, how does it work? How does it break down? And if people want to learn more, you know, where can they find you? How do they opt in? What, what's, what's the next steps? Yeah. So, um, but we have something, we call it the evolution program because you have to force your evolution. You have to force the evolution of your unconscious mind. Um, so that's what it is. There's three, uh, layers. One is the solopreneur program within that. So if you're a solopreneur, you're a single coach, you're just working on your own, you're a freelancer, you're an entrepreneur. Um, that's one level. Another level we've got is leader. So this is with uh, business leaders that have maybe one to 10, maybe 12 uh, team members. Um, and then we've got founder, which is working with me. But ultimately, that evolution program is four and a half months uh, within that process. Not only do you have 10 one-to-ones with your with your coach, uh, you get access to what your our entire course. You get access to me in live calls. You get access to um, books. We're always sending you books and homeworks in between. And there's something that's very different to that to traditional therapy or traditional mindset coaching is there's a there's a framework. There's three phases. The first phase is struck is uh, what we call foundations, nailing your structure, knowing what you're doing when you're doing it. But then also for you, the foundations for you is scarcity so if, if you were my client i'd be going right the foundation we need to build for zach for him to get to the next level is we need to crack the scarcity thing because once we put that foundation in he's going to be operating very differently mm-hmm. once you've done that which is the first six weeks of the 18 week course you then go into uh, mastery so in mastery when you shift one thing your consciousness is now no longer hijacked by that thing but you spot something else you're like well now that i've conquered that i actually realize i'm getting a bit jealous over here or actually i'm starting to realize i'm quite anxious and i didn't realize i was anxious until now so mastery is all about, okay, we put the foundations in. Now there's another layer that we can really start to master these things. And finally, final six weeks is peak. So that is lifestyle design. That is a future design. That's building a future out of abundance versus perhaps how you were building it before out of scarcity, understanding the psychological reasoning as to why you want to go and build something. So that's, that's, the, that's the evolution program. From there, coaches go uh, one or two ways. High five, we celebrate graduation. Fucking well done. Super proud of you. But the other one is called momentum. And this is where coaches, they go, no, no, I want to do this for a longer time. I want to learn more. And then they stay on for three, six, nine, 12 months, depending on the client um, for fortnightly or, or monthly calls. We still access the entire community and all the, the resources and whatever. So that's the, that's TMP in a, in a nutshell. I love it. Now, where, where can people find you and sign up? Yeah. So if you head to at Total Mental Performance on Instagram, you'll see all of our content on there. If you want to sign up, um, you can head to www.totalmentalperformance.com and click apply for a call. You can also do that uh, just on Instagram. If you click on the link, you'll see um, coaching applications. Click there. And uh, if you mention this podcast, uh, there'll be a special gift in there for you. Uh, and from there, that's that's where you can get in touch and you'll get on a, a call with a member of my team or me, depending on where you're at. And uh, if we don't think you're the right fit, 
we we actually turn down half the number of applications of people that sign up because we deliver world-class results we've got a world-leading reputation we would prefer to scale slower and keep that reputation than to just flood flood our coaches with with, with clients so yeah um, you'll be in the, in the best hands there to make i love it decision. couple last questions what, what what watches did you buy back in the day uh, it was a Breitling Super Ocean 42. Nice. I don't know if you know much about Breitling. Um, it was, uh, yeah, Breitling was my thing. Loved love it. it. Absolutely loved it. That was the that was the one that I bought. I was, I was 17. It was too big for my wrist. Yeah. It was so big. Yeah, yeah, Breitlings are big, yeah. Yeah. Hey, last question. What was the dumbest thing you spent your money on back in the day? Oh, many things. I would say, you know, like, like, partying starts to come into it but i loved my party years and i learned a lot about myself in my party years so i wouldn't say it's the dumbest thing um and even even so all the investments i made in business that didn't work out they've served me now in this business so that wasn't too bad no regrets man no regrets. i don't think i have regrets no yeah i love no regrets i love it i have no regrets i i have one i spent 15k on a table for my birthday one time and that stung damn yeah ouch uh, Vegas is tough, man. They'll fucking rob you. They'll they'll bleed you dry. <laughs> oh, well, if I'm ever over there, mate, I'll uh, we'll, we'll pop out and you can help me avoid all the traps of Vegas. Absolutely, man. Well, Kieran, thank you so much. This was a blast, and uh, we'll catch you soon, brother. Big love, Hi, brother. Peace.